Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Get Your Goat. Josh here, and there is a lot to break down today. We're going to get into last night's uh, thrilling Thursday night football game, yet another uh, primetime game between two teams unexpected to put up a good fight, and they both do very enjoyable. Going to break that down. Going to break down some of the key week four matchups as well, some highlights, some predictions uh, for some games. Brady's return to New England and Foxborough, what to expect there. Arizona and LA, a battle for NFC West supremacy this early. Will Seattle be able to bounce back against their NFC West foe in the San Francisco uh, 49ers? Can the Detroit Lions get their first win? Las Vegas and the Chargers, a lot to get into there. Then college football picks as well. Key games between undefeated teams. Arkansas, Georgia, a top 10 matchup. Cincinnati, Notre Dame, a top 10 matchup. Ole Miss, Alabama, a top 15 matchup. Oklahoma uh, State, Baylor, undefeated. A lot to get into them and to cap it off. My top five teams for the MLB right now. And all teams going into their final series this weekend. Let's get started. Let's get into it with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Cincinnati Bengals Thursday night football game last night. Um, What a comeback it was for the Cincinnati Bengals. I thought Joe Burrow would be the difference maker in this game. I said I liked him more than Trevor Lawrence. I thought he would be able to get the job done. It's him going against uh, Trevor. Trevor, I think, wanted to get this win uh, because of national championship reasons. And then you had the other subplot of Joe Burrow and Urban Meyer when he was at Ohio State. Urban Meyer not using Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow transfers to LSU and then wins the national championship uh, down there. So you had all these subplots, and at first, it looked like Jacksonville was going to get their first win. They were stringing together uh, good drives, especially after the opening drive by the Bengals. Resulted in a missed field goal, which kind of hurt their momentum. Uh, Jaguars are up 7-0, to then 14-0 to in the second quarter. And it looks like it could be 21-0. to It's a fourth and goal at, you know... You know, the foot line. I think it was within a yard. And uh, they decided to go for it for Gova field goal. So it was either going to be 21 0 or 14 0. Uh, and Jacksonville runs sort of this read option with Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence was burning the Bengals defense the whole first half with that all third downs. They were able to get that because of Trevor. Lawrence's legs, even the second touchdown was that design, so they were going for it again. However, the Bengals defense took that test, stood firm, and they denied Trevor Lawrence to end the half. And to me, that was a huge, huge momentum shift in that game uh, because your defense was kind of getting burned all night, allowing a ton of yards, couldn't get a ton of stops, and then they get that stop, and instead of a three-score game going into halftime, it is still a two 
possession game. Bengals get the ball to open up the half and drive down the field right away and make it a one-score game. Defense comes alive after that as well, and Bengals drive down again and get another touchdown, and there you go. Third quarter, we are tied at 14 apiece going into the fourth quarter. Jacksonville was already driving late in the third quarter. They get an early touchdown in the game. And then the Bengals respond back to that, and they then get a touchdown uh, to tie the game. So I'm thinking here it's going to be close. Uh, you've got Jacksonville, who definitely didn't start off as hot in the first half and the second half. It got a little cooler, but they were kind of driving. You know, they were at midfield, and they just couldn't get it done. So then it was left on their defense, and their defense could not stop them. So a 24-21 win by Cincinnati never led until the final uh, seconds as time expired and then won the game. But to me, this was an even matchup closely uh, contested. They both ran the exact number of plays. They both ran 55 plays. They both had 21 uh, first downs. They were kind of about the same, around 50% on third down. Uh, total drives, the Bengals had just one more drive, and that proved to be the key drive at the end of the game to kick the game-winning field goal. Uh Cincinnati outgained uh, Jacksonville by 80 yards, and majority of, of that was due to Joe Burrow. He was a difference maker in this game. He was better passing the ball than Trevor Lawrence was passing. Joe Burrow with 25 of 32, 348 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 17 of 24, 204 yards, no touchdowns, but he did add one on the ground. And this was key, was Joe Burrow. And to me, they are similar quarterbacks in terms of the talent they bring on the field, the accuracy, the arm power, all that. But to me, Joe Burrow, I see more of an alpha a leader who takes command of a huddle, uh, who has his troops in line, who the people look up to. Uh, that might just be another year of experience that he's had added, and you have young guys, you know, like Joe Mixon, uh, Jamar Chase, but Joe Burrow to me has the leadership, has the clutch ability uh, in him, and that's just something that I don't see yet in Trevor Lawrence here at the NFL level. I uh, Joe Burrow makes the smarter uh, plays, uh, whereas Trevor Lawrence sometimes is trying to force it down there. Always force a play. And Joe Burrow, uh, to me, just looks more poised back there as a pocket passer. So that was a difference maker, was Joe Burrow in this passing attack. And the Jacksonville defense really having no answer uh, for Joe Burrow. They could not stop him. Uh, Shaq Griffin did his best there, number one corner, but he could not do it. Uh, Tyler Boyd, 118 yards on nine receptions. Uh, C.J. Uzoma. 95 yards, five receptions. So they all had it well. The only, only problem I saw 
with the Bengals last night in terms of play calling, uh, other than their defense, because to start off their defense did not look good at all. It looked like they were to get run up out of their own field, which was not the case. But there was a key play, and uh, I believe it was second and goal at the one-yard line, and Joe Burrow kind of had tunnel vision. He just went in looking like he was going to QB sneak, uh, and the Jacksonville Jaguars thought that too. So they had everybody lined up at the line, all 11 guys, and the Bengals actually had uh, Tate, wide receiver, open, left-hand side, left wide open. He's jumping and screaming, but because of that tunnel vision from uh, Joe Burrow, he tried the QB sneak, and they did not get it on the second and goal, where if he would have looked around, audible, and just hiked the ball and threw it up. That would have been an easy touchdown. Thankfully, they still got the touchdown, courtesy of Joe Mixon. Uh, but that's something, you know, a la Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, they would have done a little scan of a field and realized, oh my goodness, I have a wide receiver wide open. I'm audibling this because this is the safer touchdown right here. So that's one thing I would like to see from Joe Burrow uh, moving better is more of that uh, ability to scan the field and read the defense. But other than that, good performance from Cincinnati. Uh, Urban Meyer, I believe, called the loss heartbreaking yesterday because it was uh, so close. You know, game-winning field goal. Uh, that usually is a, you know, devastating uh, sort of loss, but I believe Jacksonville played really good. It was their best game uh, so far of the season, and you know this is a game. Even though we don't win, can build on it for teams they play in the future. Even though the schedule gets tougher. Now looking ahead to some key Week Four matchups. The first is between Tom Brady. And Tampa Bay and his and Gronk's reunion down there in New England. This is it. I believe Tom Brady can be the fourth quarterback to win a game against every team. I believe it's been uh, Brett Favre, uh, Drew Brees, and Peyton Manning. I believe those are the only three. Uh, to do that, and Tom Brady's looking to be fourth, of course. If you were to say it on New England, you would never have got that record because he could have never beat New England. But he is going for that. To, uh, it's going to be emotional. 20 years in Foxborough spent there. I believe Gronk had like 10 years there. So two teammates now on the Bucks that basically lived majority of their lives in Foxborough, in Boston, in the New England area. And, you know, you have Tom Brady's dad speaking out this week and uh, the trainer speaking out on New England. Uh, but Tom Brady, classy as he is, took the high road, spoke nothing uh, but great things about Bill Belichick, the Patriot organization. When he could have uh, added this fuel to the fire, but he took the high road, even though he did say in one of his press conferences that, you know, the Patriots know he wants to kick their butts. And I believe that is going to be the case. I believe Tom Brady will kick the Patriots' butt. 
I know the Patriots have a good defense, uh, top five, and specifically it is the uh, pass defense that they have with Stephon Gilmore, with J.C. Jackson, and them back there. But Tom Brady is a different beast. Yes, it's emotional, but I think he will be a little stoic in this game. I don't see the emotions affecting him. On the field, yes, he's never been in this type of situation before in his life. On the field, in the football game, in a return like this, in an atmosphere like this, playing away. But I think if anybody can go in there cool, calm, and collected, it is Tom Brady. I believe he is going to have a great game. Earn NFC Player of the Week honors. That's how good it is. I wouldn't be surprised if he throws for uh, five touchdowns and 300 yards uh, this game. I don't believe Bill Belichick and anything he crafts on defense will be able to stop Tom Brady in this passing attack. And I think the defense will be a little fired up too. Uh, I think they'll hit home. Uh, this is a defense that I had very high expectations for, at least since front seven. They haven't been that good, but I think... For Tom Brady, they're going to bring it. They're going to get after Mac Jones, make his day very distressing, and Tampa Bay will get the win. That is what I am predicting. I predict a big game uh, for Tom Brady as he wins this rematch. And what we've been saying, what I've been saying, the Patriot way started with Tom Brady. It is now in Tampa Bay, so it is now the Tampa Bay way, but it was always the Tom Brady way. His preparation, his work ethic makes him a winner in what he does, and that will continue. That will shine there Sunday night against New England. What other big matchups are there? Moving on to the... The Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. Two 3-0 teams. Battle of the undefeated. Everybody has jumped in to the Rams bandwagon now. I always said they were going to be good. Had them NFC West uh, championship game. Always have loved Matthew Stafford. Pick for MVP. But after the win against the Bucks, it seems like they have been prematurely crowned. Super Bowl champions. Everybody's been prematurely crowned. Uh, I know my brother says it's just three weeks, and I agree. You can still learn a lot from three weeks, and they've been playing great through three weeks, the best team so far. But it is too early to crown anybody, and I am actually going for the Cardinals to win this game, and the reason being is this. The Rams put on a show last week. They were dancing up and down. They acted like it was the Super Bowl. Sean McVay was running up and down, going uh, to the entry tunnel after Deshaun Jackson scored. He was so hyped up. His team was so hyped up. They acted like they didn't just defeat the Super Bowl champions, but that they won the Super Bowl. To me, that was their attitude, and I'm glad they're happy when they win. But it was a bit much. That game was circled. And I think they are due for a letdown, especially when Arizona had a so-so win 
against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I think they were looking ahead to this game because this is the biggest game on their schedule right now was the Los Angeles Rams. It wasn't the Bucks. It was the Rams. I think Kyler Murray's going to have a great game. I think this Rams team's going to have a great game. And I know Sean McVay has not lost to the Cardinals yet. It's been four straight years of L.A. Rams domination against the Cardinals. Uh, eight straight wins. But I believe the Cardinals are going to show up. Kyler Murray has going to have a great game. Oh, he's thrown for more passing yards than Matthew Stafford. Oh, he has a better completion percentage than Matthew Stafford so far this season. Are we looking at that? Because he has been great. Yes, minus the four interceptions, but Kyler Murray has been fantastic. Both of these teams don't uh, have a great running game, but you've got weapons on both sides. Cardinals, you've got DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore. On the Rams, you've got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson. This will be a shootout, a high-scoring affair. Of course, you've got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald to worry about. You've got J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. And these two teams, to me, are evenly matched. But I think the Cardinals will get their win here. And then a lot of people are going to be saying, whoa, look out for these Cardinals. Because I think the Cardinals are going to prove something. Uh, not only is Sean McVay an offensive genius, but Cliff Kingsbury knows some things about offense himself. He's going to have the people dialed in. Uh, this will be a great game, a great test early for the Cardinals. And this will be another test for the Rams. But I think the Rams are due for a letdown. And the Cardinals are due for a big win here. I like the Cardinals in this game. The Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. Can the Seahawks get back on track? I've said all season long, all off season long, even last season, I never really liked their defense. Never really liked the signing of Jamal Adams because he's not used in a space like Earl Thomas, which made the Legion of Boom Legion of Boom. They don't have cornerbacks to match up one-on-one -on -one with opposing wide receivers well. They just don't have that. This defense was always a concern, so that they're dead last in total yards allowed in defense is not surprising to me. It's concerning because I thought the Seahawks at least would be better in scoring more, but this is a team who you look at last year to this year, through three games, their defense is actually playing a few yards better. Their offense is playing a few yards better. The key difference is scoring on both sides. On defense, they've led in more points. They've broke more times than they did earlier last year when they were bending and not breaking. And on offense, last year it was prolific on offense in terms of scoring points. I think they had about uh, through three games both seasons, they had 50 more points scored last season. Uh, Russell Wilson uh, was cooking with this team, and it looked that way against the Colts, but it has not been that way. He's never, Russell Wilson, has never lost three games in a row in his career with the Seahawks. And I don't think it starts here. Yes, the Seahawks are on two disappointing losses where they could have won both games. They were up 15 points at halftime against the Titans, and they blew it. They were up 10 points last week against the Vikings, 
and they blow it, didn't score a point in the second half, they have to do better offensively to help the defense out. And Russell Wilson know that it's a big burden, but he has to have the LeBron mentality where LeBron says, I've got broad shoulders for a reason. I can carry this team. Russell, do you have the same mentality where you can carry this team or at least carry this offense? Your Chris Carson ain't carrying this offense. You, my friend, have to carry this offense. And I like that he's not turning the ball over this uh, year so far. No interceptions. He's taking care of it. But they have to turn more touchdowns in uh, and convert more. And the San Francisco 49ers... Disappointing loss. You could have started off 3-0 and in that crazy, disappointing loss to the Packers last Sunday night. Uh, so you're both coming in. Uh, but the way that I saw Aaron Rodgers torch the San Francisco secondary, and I know the Seahawks don't have a good defense, but if this is a battle of quarterbacks, and I have to trust either Jimmy G or Russell Wilson to score me more points, I will pick Russell Wilson every day of the week over Jimmy G. Uh, both secondaries are depleted. Uh, Seahawks aren't really depleted. They just suck. They're not good. Uh, San Francisco's is depleted. On the other hand, more injuries on that side. But Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson will get the ball. He's a better quarterback. He will score. I believe Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense will score well and take advantage. I believe George Kittle will have a big game. I have Debo Samuel, but it's going to come down to the quarterback play in a shootout. Russell Wilson is the guy, and now is the time to get back on track because I believe you go down 1-3, it's over. I don't even know you make the playoffs anymore. It is such a hard road to come back when you have not played the Cardinals yet. You have not played the Rams yet, so that means four times against those and then another game against San Francisco. So no, I do not like the Seahawks losing this game. I think they rebound. They get back on track this week in the NFC West, and now them and the 49ers are both 2-2. Two and two. One of those teams next week, the Cardinals and Rams, will already have one loss because of this weekend. And then the Seahawks play the Rams. Cardinals play the 49ers, and you have a bunch of huge games coming along for this whole division. But the Seahawks will get this one here because of the strong play of their offense. Uh, the defense will not be good on either side. Then you have the Ravens in the Broncos. You have the Broncos who are boasting one of the best defenses right now. Von Miller is terrifying. Uh, but they haven't really been tested. The Giants, the Jags, and the Jets, you know, are a combined, I think, 0 for 10 now. Uh, but Baltimore has struggled, like I said. They struggled uh, against the Raiders in a loss. Uh, beat the Chiefs in a comeback win because of the turnovers, and then got lucked out by a 66-yard field goal on top of a missed delay of game uh, to beat the Detroit Lions, may I remind you. So I don't think either of these teams have proven to be good. Baltimore's had the tougher competition by default, and they are 2-1. and one. They found ways to win. To me, this is Denver's first real test where they face 
a dual threat quarterback. How will this fare in Mile High Stadium? I think this will be a good game. Tough defensive test. This is where we're going to find out if Denver is for real or not. And I'm not saying Denver has to win for them to be for real. The game just has to be competitive and to stay close. Because if they get blown out, you can just dock them up is a sham. I think Baltimore will win just because I haven't seen Denver uh, tested enough. Uh, I want to see how Teddy Bridgewater uh, fares in this game where he's been a uh, game manager role, which fits him perfectly, where he's not asking to throw a ton or move a lot, uh, making key throws when necessary. They're running it to Melvin Gordon, and they're relying on field position and defense, and everything's been working in their favor. But will it work in their favor this weekend. That's the key. That's what I want to find out if Denver's defense is for real or not. If Baltimore can put that to the test, I think this will be a great game as well. Very exciting to watch on both sides. Steelers-Packers. I think the Packers are in a roll all over the Steelers. Talked about, you know, this was the Super Bowl matchup. Ten years ago, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, they have not faced each other since that Super Bowl. I couldn't believe that stat. Mostly, uh, both times they played, it was injuries due to Aaron Rodgers. But these two quarterbacks have not faced off against each other since that Super Bowl. Insane. But I think it will be a rerun of that Super Bowl in which the Packers win. Of course, Ben Roethlisberger is not good as he was then. But you have a team in Pittsburgh who is airing it out. 130 pass attempts already for Big Ben. And it's not working because he has a QBR of 34, which is 29th in the league. They are using him too much, and it just shows that He's not the quarterback he once was. He was on the verge that Pittsburgh kind of needed him uh, to contend. Now it doesn't look like that way. They don't need him. But again, the other options are not good. They need a quarterback fast. Ben Roethlisberger is not the guy. He looks old. He looks like he can't throw the ball. Is lost. You know, he's getting hit. Uh, He can't move around in the pocket anymore. His offensive line is not giving him any help either, uh, which in turn is not opening up a rushing game, which they were hoping to have with Najee Harris, but it does not look good. And Aaron Rodgers and this team is going to feast on this team. I think this defense for the Packers will have a big game as well. I think Jair Alexander will probably pick up Big Ben a time or two. And this defense, which hasn't been good so far in the Packers, will have a big game attributed to just the Pittsburgh Steelers playing poorly. That's what I see this weekend. Some other games. Kansas City and Philadelphia. Can Kansas City get back on track this weekend? Two straight losses, and to me, it's evident. It's mostly their defense and turnovers. Now they're playing Philadelphia, who just got rocked by Dallas in the Monday night game. Do I think Kansas City will turn the ball over? Yeah, probably do. Uh, 
turnovers are a force of habit until they are no longer a force of habit. Uh, so I do see that. And why not take some chances at a Philly defense who just got decimated by Dak Prescott, uh, Pollard, and Zeke? Why not do that? Probably run the ball quite a few more times with Clyde Edwards-Alaire since what they saw last week. Patrick Mahomes will have a great game. I believe they will get back on track. This Philadelphia defense is good, but they're not that good. Not good enough to pull off an upset against Kansas City. Don't even want to think about what would be the case if Kansas City were to start the season 1-3. and three. But I'm ignoring that. I think they get back on track this weekend. Uh, I know tra- uh, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, brothers love each other, facing off uh, against each other. But, you know, Travis is 2-0, and pretty soon he'll be 3-0. I think this is the bounce back win. Luckily, they're not playing a high-powered offense like they have the past week in the Chargers or things like that where, you know, Kansas City has faced good teams so far, you know, reeling into their schedule, easing into it. I think they need this one before a big Sunday night matchup against the Bills next week. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, gets to feeling better this weekend against the Eagles. Tennessee Titans and the New York Jets, not much to say here other than Derrick Henry will roll all over this New York Jets team. That's what I'm saying about that. New Orleans and New York Giants. What New Orleans team will show up this weekend? I'm confused every time I watch them play. First week, blow out uh, the Packers. Second week, lay the ultimate egg against the Panthers. Third week, blow out the uh, Patriots. You know, will we see them lay an egg against the New York Giants? I don't think so. I think Kamara will have a great week. I think the New York Giants have severe issues at every uh, position outside their skill position. Quarterback, offensive line, and their defense not gelling. They have serious, serious problems. And New Orleans will feast on that. Cleveland and Minnesota. Another good game with some interesting storylines. Head coach of Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski, was you know a Mike Zimmer follower. Been with him for 13 years before this job. How will he go against uh, facing his former coach? A potent offense in Minnesota who's looked good so far. Who I've constantly been saying on the wrong side of a 1-2 and two record when they could be 3-0. and And Cleveland could be 3-0. and as well, so some great offenses on display here. I just feel like the Cleveland defense is much better. Minnesota does not have a good defense. They'll be both be able to put up points, but Miles Garrett, huge week last week. Uh, to me, you know, one of the most feared edge rushers in the game just because of his speed and power. Uh, I think they'll have a good game. It'll be a lot of running the football. Whether Dalvin Cook will be in or not, if it's Alex Madison, saw him run all over the lowly Seahawks defense. They'll use a a heavy dosage of him and rely on him. Then you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, which will then open up the play action uh, passing, you know, for both quarterbacks. 
Kirk Cousins with Madison and Baker Mayfield with his rushing duo. They got OBJ back, who I'll rave about some more, uh, who I think has a chip on his shoulder and wants to get back to that, you know, best wide receiver conversation where a few years ago he wanted to be played like the paid, like the best player in the league. Uh, he wants to get back to that status. He has a chip on his shoulder. Minnesota has the weapons to an Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Should be a great offensive game. But if I have to trust the defense to come up with a stop, it's going to be the Cleveland Browns. They have a better defense. They'll put that on display this weekend. Indianapolis and Miami. This is an interesting one. The Colts almost had a win against the Rams, you know, the second week. Uh, then lost to the Titans last week. You know, Jacoby Brissett at the Dolphins almost had the Raiders. Had the Raiders on their heels last week. Looked great. Uh, but, you know, will there be some emotion? He's facing his former team, the Colts, who they kind of gave him a little start off after the Patriots gave him there. So, you know, does he want revenge for saying, hey, you wanted Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers and not me? We'll see, but I don't think Jacoby Brissett will be the difference maker. I think it will be Jonathan Taylor. I think he'll be healthy enough to play. I think he'll have a big game and will rely on this running game. Uh, Carson Wentz won't be able to be doing too much back there. They won't ask too much of him. That will be the key. I don't think Jacoby Brissett will have be the difference maker. He had his game last week against the Raiders. That was their chance to win and build on some momentum. This loss will be huge here for Miami and their playoff hopes already this early in the season because they're going to need a Tua back. They're going to need a quarterback back as well uh, before we move on. Carolina and Dallas. Carolina boasting a surprising 3-0 and record. So far through three games, Dallas, a formidable 2-1 and one team. Can Carolina stay undefeated after this weekend? I say no. I saw how limited that offense was with Christian McCaffrey a week and a half ago, uh, Thursday night. That did not look good, that second half of offense. They're facing a Dallas team who, to me, is clicking, firing on all cylinders right now. On offense, beat a good Chargers team, decimated the Eagles. Now they're going to do it again to the Panthers. Uh, Dak Prescott, again, with the weapons at his disposal, the C.D. Lamb, the Amari Cooper, running the ball with Zeke or Pollard, that'll be just enough. Uh, this defense, again, looks better. This front seven as well, Trevon Diggs, uh, NFC Defensive Player of the Month. They are clicking and definitely better. And you have the Panthers, who I said are 3-0, and they're trying to prove they are more than Christian McCaffrey. The Sam Darnold can still win games without him. And if he does, he's going to have to click in with his top target, DJ Moore. That is what's going to have to happen if they're going to have to win this game. That connection is going to have to be great between Darnold and DJ Moore and Chuba Hubbard is going to have to make a difference filling in for Christian McCaffrey. I just don't see it. I think Dallas is too tough right now in this spot. 
Detroit and Chicago. Oh, I go back and forth. Oh, I go back and forth. Detroit, you know, the OG team, family from Detroit, Michigan. Do I root for them? Yes, I do. Do I pick them? No, I don't. And yes, this would be the time it seems to pick them where they almost beat the Baltimore Ravens, where they played some close games. But that's the thing, is when they look good and they're ascending, is when they tend tend to lose. That is what I see. Uh, when they're riding high and I want to pick them, I just can't pull myself to do it. And especially against the Bears team, where I've seen Detroit in the past take leads on the Bears or miscues on the Bears. Uh, and the Bears just always seem to pull it out over the Lions, the straw out of the hat. Don't think the Bears are a good team. I don't think either of these teams are that good. Who knows who will be starting at quarterback for Chicago, uh, if Andy Dalton's healthy or not, if they trust Justin Fields to go out there, or if Nick Foles comes in. I don't know, but I just don't know if the Lions have enough where Trending momentum, they're a trendy upset pick. I just can't bring myself to pick Detroit. Houston and Buffalo. I have Buffalo routing the Texans. Not much Houston will be able to do here to stop Buffalo at all. And then Atlanta, Washington. I think this will be a great game as well. Surprisingly great. Because Washington's defense is not as advertised. And Atlanta's offense is also worse than I thought it would be as well. I think this will be a very sloppy game. But from a defense where I haven't seen it before. And where they've played in games where I should have seen a good defense. You know, against the Giants particularly. And, you know, against the Chargers. Uh, I think this is a defense who who knows if they come alive at Atlanta. I just don't know, just don't see it yet, but it will be a good game. Now moving on to college football, where I will be making some college football picks. The first is between Michigan and Wisconsin. Oh, this game, it will probably give me a heart attack. I'm a Michigan fan that I am. Looked so good going in against Rutgers. First half looked great. Second half looked terrible and has me doubting, even though Wisconsin offensively has been terrible. I just know the stats. Michigan hasn't beat Wisconsin in Wisconsin since 2001. 20 years, I think it's five or six straight wins for Wisconsin at home. In Michigan, how stubborn will they be? We've seen Michigan in the past under Jim Harbaugh be stubborn where they think they can run the ball in between the trenches because I want to be the bigger, batter team and establish the line and be dominant. And they face guys who are just more stout than them and they just keep on doing it. It doesn't work. It's too late. And they lose. Well, they're facing a team who could do that to them. Wisconsin is has the best rush defense allowing 23 yards per game against a rush. And I know Michigan has the fourth best rushing attack. So it's going to be a battle of wills and philosophies. I think Michigan's going to come in 
flying high on the run game and believing in it. And I think Wisconsin will stand tough and they're going to have to force Michigan to pass it. Last week, Notre Dame came in saying, we know we're not going to run the ball. We're passing it. They won the game. Does Michigan have that same uh, mentality? Because I think if they do and they trust Cade, they'll win this game. But do they? Do I trust Cade? I just don't know at this point. I'm picking Michigan to win, however, but this will be the deciding point on how often I pick Michigan because this is, you know, the start of something special at 5-0 or another season of mediocrity again at the hands of Wisconsin. Then Arkansas, Georgia. I'm picking Georgia. Ain't no way Arkansas is fooling me. Moving up to number eight. Are you kidding me? They do not deserve to be number eight. Who have they beat? Rice. I'm not impressed. Uh, Texas, who's never coming back. I'm not impressed. Georgia Southern. I'm not impressed. Texas A&M with a backup quarterback in. That win isn't as good as it would have been if their real quarterback was in. I am not on this Arkansas bandwagon train at all. Georgia has beat a team in Clemson, who, of course, doesn't look good now. But all their other ones have been blowouts, 56-7, 40-13, 62-0. At Georgia, they're coming in strong. I'm sorry, Arkansas. You have no chance in this game at all. Texas and TCU, battle of some Texas teams. Both have one loss. Uh, Texas rebounded you know, after the Arkansas loss. Beat Texas Tech last week, crushed them seventy to thirty-five. Uh, TCU, you know, lost to SMU last week, and I think that was a key loss for them. I think Texas will now uh, keep it rolling against TCU this week. Cincinnati and Notre Dame, two frauds, I believe, two fraudulent schools. Cincinnati, who I don't believe is a seven-team who's only beaten Indiana in Notre Dame, who has escaped against the Notre Dame or the Florida States and the Toledo and had uh, offensive, uh, or Wisconsin had an offensive letdown last week. So, you know, two fraudulent schools and two lucky schools, but one team has luck in their name, and that's Notre Dame, the luck of the Irish, they will get the win here because they will prove to be just a little luckier than Cincinnati. I believe they just narrowly squeak out a win by the skin of their teeth this weekend. And Jack Cohen uh, gets the win here. Ole Miss and Alabama. Oh, now this is a game I'm looking forward to who I think should have been game day. Uh, got subbed or snubbed for game day. High-powered flying offense in Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin, Matt Corral, who's playing great to me, who has overtaken Spencer Radler. Uh, Thor V. Heisman has played fantastic, no turnovers. However, Bryce Young, on the other hand, has been playing great. It looks like they'll get Byron Robinson back as well. This will be a great offensive game. And, you know, Alabama has such a long streak now against SEC 
opponents in the regular season. You know, I kind of forget the last time they lost, but I do remember years ago the back-to-back losses they suffered against Ole Miss, one at home and then one at Ole Miss. And I'm rolling with it. I don't think Alabama has another game on their schedule where they lose. Texas A&M is next week, but guess what? Alabama seems to handle Texas A&M every single year. It doesn't matter. Arkansas, get out of here with that. And Auburn, get out of here with that, especially after this quarterback controversy. I am rolling with the upset. I am picking Ole Miss Lane Kiffin to win this game. Oregon and Stanford. You know, Oregon's looking for its best start in a few years. Stanford, you know, on this sort of up-down where, you know, uh, they beat USC and have lost to UCLA. Now they play another rival in Oregon, and I think Oregon gets a win here this weekend. Oklahoma and Kansas State. Oklahoma's just barely uh, been winning. Oklahoma State got a big win over Kansas State. So I don't think Kansas State's for real. It's at Kansas State, and I know Kansas State's beat Oklahoma in the past and has spoiled good Oklahoma seasons uh, before. But I don't think this is it. I think Oklahoma will get the win. Might still be unimpressive, but a win's a win. Florida in Kentucky. Can Kentucky win this game? No, I don't think so. I think Florida, you know, is a legit good team, much better than Kentucky. I know Kentucky's undefeated, uh, but with their first real test uh, so far at home, I think they'll lose to Florida. Then uh, next game I will be picking is Baylor and Oklahoma State. Two undefeated teams right now at the moment, 21-19. and 19. It's in Oklahoma State. I am picking Baylor. Oklahoma State, close call to Boise State. Played a little tough to Kansas State. But Baylor, big win last week against Iowa State. Uh, bigger, to, uh, bigger to me than expected. Didn't expect them to win that game. I think Baylor continues the momentum. And Mike Gundy kind of has key losses throughout the season. Uh, and I think this will be one of them. I like Baylor to win this game. Auburn LSU. You know, Auburn hasn't beat LSU in LSU, you know, in like 20 years or something like that. I thought this might be the year Auburn does it, especially after LSU's opening loss to UCLA. But last week, Termitides, it was, you know, Auburn almost beat Penn State. Then they almost lose to Georgia State. You know, Bo Nix was bad. Backup quarterback was bad to me. Puts it all back into the perspective and say, with all this controversy, it's time to just pick the safe pick and pick LSU uh, to win this game. And then Arizona State in UCLA, the Pac-12 still, or the Pac-12 South, is still very much uh, open. This right here is a huge game in terms of that where, you know, these are the two best teams right now in the Pac-12 South sitting in a 3-1 and record, and I like ASU to win this game. I know it's a road game, but I think Jaden Daniels 
will come out well. I think Herm Edwards will have this team firing. And I've really liked what I've seen so far from Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a quarterback for UCLA. But I think ASU, ASU will be too much this weekend. So those are some big college football games this weekend. One quick note I want to make before I move on to my top five teams of the MLB is this. The uh, Philadelphia 76ers need to trade Ben Simmons. ASAP, Joel Embiid spoke out about it yesterday. Said it's disappointing that he's not with the team. Borderline kind of disrespectful. Uh, you know, all the brothers are here. He's like, you know, our teams have always uh, built around his needs. Uh, where, you know, you know, they got rid of Jimmy because of him. Uh, you know, Joel Embiid with best friends with Jimmy on the team where they were kind of building around uh, Embiid's needs at the beginning of this trusting the process. They had Butler at him. Great combo. I know they couldn't put Ben Simmons a ton on the floor with that lineup, but now they forced it to. And in hindsight, it looks like a bad move. You just need to get rid of Ben Simmons now because Embiid is the most important player on this Sixers roster. You need to get rid of Ben Simmons ASAP. Now to give you my five major teams in baseball. Number five, the Houston Astros. Why? Well, offensively, they've been great. The second most runs scored in baseball. One run uh, before they're tied. They've clinched their division uh, yesterday. This team is heating up, playing good. Carlos Correa, a career high in home runs uh, so far this year. And it seems like allegations are not uh, cheating or not. This team is still for real. And this still of the class of the AL. Number four, the Milwaukee Brewers. They finally clinched the division. They beat St. Louis uh, to do it. Rowan the streak. Uh, they've been in. It's been a little shaky lately. But guess what? They play the Dodgers as their last series. Which is, I think, huge for them. They have to come out and show that this could be a potential... NLCS matchup, and they're going to have to, you know, they'll go through the Braves, but it could be this, and I think it's good to put stuff on display uh, to know that you can beat the Dodgers, and, you know, the pitchers are out. Clayton Kershaw uh, pitching tonight. Julio Urias, who's been great, you know, been tomorrow night, uh, so you need to win a, at least two and steal this series against the Dodgers. Number three, the Tampa Bay Rays. Why? Well, they've won their division. They've scored the most runs in baseball so far. Best team offensively. Uh, they've clinched the best record in the AL as well. The AL has gone through them last year. Now this year, this team is really good. Uh, ALDS is on their turf. ALCS will be on their turf. Uh, Tampa Bay dictates the terms so far. Number two, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Why? They're on a four-game winning streak. They've won eight out of their past ten games. The best run differential in baseball. 
They've allowed the least amount of runs in baseball. They'll have a Cy Young winner on their team this year, whether it be Julio Urias or Max Scherzer. Their rotation is deadly, and they're a great team. But they're not the best. That's number one, and team in their division who they have not caught up to, the San Francisco Giants on a six-game winning streak, uh, longest uh, tied for the longest in baseball right now. They've won eight out of their past ten games. Another huge comeback win last night against the D-backs in the ninth inning. That's just what they do. They come back and win games. They're resilient, uh, and they are the real deal again. They're also at a 201 run differential, uh, one of three teams within the 200s. So those are my top five teams. The Houston Astros, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the San Francisco Giants. And now I have to say this. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. They swept the Philadelphia Phillies, eliminated them from a playoffs, and clinching the NL East six year, four years in a row. Good for them. Uh, with that elimination, Bryce Harper not showing up. He is no longer deserving of the MVP. So the MVP race is between uh, the losers of Bryce Harper and the Phillies and Fernando Tatis and the Padres. Tatis still smoking home runs, showing up on ESPN highlights, hitting it out of Dodger Park last night. Give him the MVP. He has been better in the games played than Bryce Harper. You have big series, though. Uh, tonight you have the Rays and the Yankees. Yes, I know the Rays have clinched everything, but I just don't see them taking it easy on the Yankees. I think they'd like to play spoiler for the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Nestor Cortez pitching tonight against Shane uh, McClanahan. Uh, you have Jordan Montgomery pitching tomorrow. You could have Garrett Cole pitching that last game if it is a clinch game. Who knows? What they will do, which then could mean Garrett Cole could play two games in the ALDS if they win the wild card. All these scenarios as well. You have the O's helping everybody out, beating the Red Sox two out of two, three times, and then trolling them. Can they do the same thing and beat the Blue Jays? That would be huge, and you have the Mariners still in it. So the last series, last week, and you have today, Saturday, Sunday, and then the series between teams will be set for that first game, October 5th, the AL wildcard game, and then the 6th of next week, the NL wildcard game, who all we already know, St. Louis Cardinals will be the second team represented in that. We just don't know if it will be the Giants and Dodgers playing them. And then in the AL, could be a four-way tie between the Yankees, Boston, Seattle, and Toronto. You could have a Monday night game to decide who gets in and Fenway. Who knows what will happen, but it will be exciting finish uh, to the stadium or to this MLB season. So that's all, folks. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of your Friday. Hope you all have a great weekend, and hope you all enjoy the sports that are on this weekend, the NFL, college football, MLB, preseason hockey, if you're into that. Talk to you guys soon. Bye, everybody.